Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. It's just gone 18 minutes to 9 o'clock. I'm Nastasia Arons standing in for Sumitra Naidu tonight. We now move on to the segment we call Money Lessons. And this is where we have uh, influential people, uh, various people of interest uh, tell us about their money journey, their relationship with money. And hopefully um, it inspires us and allows us to get to know them a little bit better. And tonight we have uh, Lerato Singadi Tsambo, who is an influential marketer, to share her money lessons with us. Uh, Larata, thank you so much for your time. Hi, Natasha. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And you? So I mentioned, um, you know, in the beginning of the show and when we were doing the throw forward with Dr. Fansale, um, that you're an influential marketer, uh, you're an influencer, as uh, people would, uh, you know, call it. What does it take to be an influencer, just for curiosity's sakes, for, um, you know, some of our listeners? Well, to be an influencer, you actually just have to be authentically you. That's that's normally the first part to start when talking about being an influencer in the marketing sense. Um, how I became that kind of influencer was really by using my social media platform to just share the kind of things that interest me, to share about topics that I like to talk about. And that's how I gained quite a substantial following. You know, it wasn't something that I intentionally sought after to be it just sort of happened authentically and i think that's what true influence is but in terms of career-wise i became influential through blood sweat tears and many 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 hours of dedication to my craft more than the ten thousand hours that uh, malcolm gladwell recommends so, I mean, let's talk a little bit about your background i mean who is lorato for those who are hearing your voice for the first time Oh, I am a lot of things. I am an activist. I am a marketer. I am an influencer. I am a liver of life. You know, that's that's generally what I am. But I'm also the GM, which is the general manager for Humans South Africa, which is a leading influencer marketing agency in South Africa, which specializes in campaigns. But our stronghold is um, influencer um, analytics. Mm. How big is the influencer market in South Africa? I mean, we see a lot of people putting uh, content on Instagram, which seems to be the popular platform. Well, it's actually growing at a very, very rapid uh, speed, almost like the the rest of the world. You know, Um, the the nice thing about influencer marketing is that all you have to do is be yourself and, and garner that authentic following you know and it also gives an opportunity to young people to have a a career within the influencer marketing space because right now influencer marketing really is a very you know credible source or a credible part of the marketing mix as, as a whole right so i mean this segment we're going to be talking about money lessons i mean what is your perception of money being um you know as a young girl watching your parents and and family members Oh, my relationship with money was a bit of a love-hate. I loved having it. I hated spending it. But I spent it, you know, quite a lot. But my mom always instilled this, you know, save for a rainy day. And I didn't understand that until much later in life when I was an adult where, you know, I had debt that I didn't that I didn't plan for. And I had to figure out and crawl my way out of that debt. And she didn't help me intentionally because she wanted me to learn those lessons you know but she always told me to be money savvy to save saving is so important it's 
and I learned that saving, how important saving is now during COVID. What was your first um, paycheck or that amount of money that you earned for your first job? I think I remember mine. It may have been as a promoter and I think I earned about (laughs) 800 rand that day and I didn't have to do much and it was quite exciting. But what was yours? My first check was I used to work at CD Warehouse. So I've always had this love for music and working at CD Warehouse every weekend in between my studies was for me like my dream job. And I think we got paid something like 200 rand an hour. But that money felt like the world because I could buy clothes, I could go out with my friends, I could do all those things. But I think it was roughly around the same as you. Like, if not like 2,000 rands a month to go and ball out and, and spend and not save at that point. I was definitely not a saver. But yeah, I think it was quite minimum wages. <laughs> mm. I, I think a, a lot of the, you know, financial advisors who come on our show, you know, talk about how important it is when you start your first real serious job to think about investing and saving. I mean, how many lessons did you have to learn and mistakes did you have to make before you even started considering that? I mean, you mentioned saving for a rainy day, but even the concept of investing, I mean, when did that uh, come to you? Oh, that came much, much later in life. I was not a saver. I really was one of those people that spent a lot of money on material things and things that I wanted and things that brought me like temporary sort of um, joy and satisfaction. And it wasn't probably until maybe like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where I met the most incredible, incredible financial advisor, Adam Halper. And he sort of sort of held my hand and guided me towards investing and saving and and those kind of things. And he's still my broker today. And I can't stress the importance of this any harder that, you know, saving, saving is, is, is crucial. If I had known better, I would have started early and I probably would have been in a better position, but I didn't. But now I know and I tell anyone who would listen that, yo, get yourself a financial planner and start young so you can rest earlier in life. One of the things, um, you know, the pandemic has exposed, be it on the business side, is those who've had business models that were a little shaky or where you needed to improve in terms of your systems. But I suppose also mm-hmm. at a personal level, um, whether you were prepared, uh, whether you saved enough, especially if you were in um, an industry where they could easily, uh, rather easily, you know, cut your salary by a certain percentage mm-hmm. or you maybe you're not gigging as much and that kind of stuff. Mm. The pandemic and and you, and money and you this year in 2020, what was that like? I think there is absolutely no one, especially the people that I know that could have prepared for what a pandemic actually means financially. Um, no amount of, of financial advice actually could have prepared all of us. And I mean, I'm in an industry where Thousands of jobs were lost. Thousands of jobs were impacted. You know, just the whole value chain was shook, was shook to its core. Um, and, you know, I think what the pandemic was almost a necessary lesson for so many people, for so many businesses, for even our government to sort of have financial cushions that are so needed to help save so many livelihoods. So I think, you know, now that we're on level one and we're sort of, going slowly back into normality, people are going to view money and saving very differently. And I think it will be one of those things that 
you know, it'll be generational lessons now on saving, on preparing, not just for a rainy day, but for like a colossal global pandemic. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a, was much needed lesson. And like I said, not just for us as individuals, but for government structures, for businesses, for for banking, for everybody. You know, we're gonna, we have to come out on the other side of this who are better informed and better equipped to deal with such situations. When you look at your circle of friends and some of the topics you guys um, talk about, is money one of those things that where you guys um, talk about money openly? Yeah, we definitely discuss money openly. We discuss, you know, everything from financial joys to financial woes to financial planning to saving. We we discuss that openly because I think a lot of the time, you know, money is such a secret, it's such a hush-hush thing when you're having money problems or if, you know, you've secured, as they say, that big bag. It's, it's things that normally you wouldn't want to discuss because it seems as floating or like about who will it on or you know but we speak very openly we also advise each other accordingly and we support each other financially because you know rainy days do come and sometimes they come unexpectedly so i think in friendship discussing money is extremely extremely important Uh, it's extremely important but sometimes it can be so tricky how have you managed uh, discussing money in relationships because that's also another you know topic that can be sensitive you don't want to bring it up too quickly you don't want to wait too late and you're also trying to understand your partner's spending habits and that kind of stuff over the years when you look back i mean how have you done it Ooh, girl, you know, <laughs> Ooh, you know, girl, you know, you know, with my late husband, we spoke quite freely about money because we understood that also money is the root of a lot of misunderstandings and mishaps in, in, in relationships. You know, I was very much a spender. Um, I like spending money. I love doing things that bring me joy and they involve money. And he was just like, a saver and he didn't like fancy things and all that stuff. But because we were honest from the very beginning of our relationship and also what the financial expectations from both parties was, um, we didn't necessarily have issues around money, but it's important to have those conversations very early on. And especially as women and both sides, actually to say what the financial expectations in a relationship are because that's where arguments start, you know. Um, Are you a woman who wants to be taken care of? Are you a woman who is independent? And, you know, a lot of the time women feel uncomfortable having that conversation because if you say, you know what, I expect the man to take care of the bills and this and that, you're viewed as a gold digger. And it's not necessarily the case. It is just what your expectation in a relationship is. And I think men should also be better receiving of that kind of information. You know, most of the time they aren't. They view it as, oh, no, she's just with me for the money. She's just with me. But, you know, that's just the roles in the relationship and as each party wants them. Right. I mean, your expectations, um, and I'm going to put you on the spot here for a little bit. I mean, are you expecting, um, you know, somebody who's independent, somebody whose credit record um, is pretty clean and they're savers or somebody who is, you know, who spends a little bit, but with, with caution. I mean, I expect someone who is financially independent and will not feel uncomfortable with me and my spending of the money that I work so hard for, you know, um, I think money also, you know, fuels the ego, especially in the male side. So if the woman maybe earns more and, 
likes a particular type of lifestyle, he's unable to do that. It, it, it sort of bruises the ego. It, it really does. Um, so for me, I just want, I would want a partner who understands that everything that I do, that I do for myself is stuff that I can afford, stuff that I work hard for, etc. And if he's in a financial position to do the same, that's great. But don't cut my coins don't cut my coins i work very hard for them you know what i'm saying but it is also nice as a woman to be spoiled there is absolutely nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and to be treated as a lady you know the 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 roles must still balance you know i'm a lady at the end of the day and i want to be courted and bought flowers and all those things that make you feel special you know, but I can't afford the life that I live. I can't afford everything that I have and everything that I do. So I don't want a partner going to come and try and stifle the stuff that I do out of, you know, the sweat of my back. Speaking of, um, you know, affording the life that you live, as one gets older, I think we all aspire to having this comfortable retirement where, I don't know, maybe you're sitting in the Hamptons and you enjoying your retirement money and all that lovely stuff. What does wealth mean to you, especially at your age right now? And do you believe, do you think that your definition of what wealth is has changed over time as you get older? Yes, it has. For me, you know, when I was younger, wealth just meant the money in my account. And I was ecstatic and happy and felt like, yo, I have completely made it. But now for me, wealth means, it means something completely different. It means investment in, in, in property. It means investment in myself, you know, in my peace of mind. It, it's, it's a lot more of long-term investments that, in the end, when I'm like, I'd love to not work until I'm in my 60s, you know, I'd love for, in my 50s, I'm retiring and I don't have any debt and I have enough money in my bank account to travel the world, you know, the bag that I want without being stressed, you know, my kids are educated, you know, they're able to go to really good school and I'm living a debt free life. That's what it means for me. What kind of conversations are are you having, um, you know, with your kids around money? I mean, how uh, early on do you think it's important to teach them that responsibility about, you know, earning your money and, you know, being thrifty, I suppose? I think, I don't know if I'm going to teach them to be thrifty, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But I think it's important to start very early, even the concept of a money box, which I don't know if kids still do that, but I think the concept of a, of a money box and saving the coins and earning money through, you know, small things like chores, etc. It's important because kids need to learn the value of money. And because we're slowly, you know, earning more money as parents and being able to afford our kids more comfortable lives, we spoil them and we give them whatever they want. We want them to have more than we had, the same way our parents wanted to. But I think they need to understand the value of money, but also not to be entirely thrifty and stingy and and that but they need to know if you want something you also have to earn it Mm. you have to earn it what's the one money mistake that comes to mind right now like the the one that probably would make all of us laugh or cringe i don't know now my biggest money mistake one need to be credit cards maybe credit card maybe credit card spending money that i didn't have like it's the biggest like Rouge, known to man, you yeah. know. Um, 
And I remember I got my first credit card. I think I was, at, I was 21. Yeah. You know, and my mom had given it to me really for like emergencies. But for me, a new outfit was an emergency. You know what I'm saying? And again, I had to pay it back. I had to learn that valuable lesson that if you're going to spend money you don't have, you're going to have to pay it back with money that you do have. Yeah. Eventually, even if it's 10 times as much as you spent, but that's what you need to do. You, I had to learn that hard lesson right there and then. So even now, I operate on minimal credit and yeah. I only have it because so I can have a credit score. Not because I use it. I will not. I refuse to spend money that I do not have. Lerato, and on that's that, the biggest lesson. On that note, thank you so much for your time this evening. Her biggest lesson, not spending money that she doesn't have and uh, sharing with us that credit card mistake. That's Lerato Singadi Tsambo, who is an influential marketer, talking to us about her money lessons. That's it for me. Uh, I will be back with you soon. Uh, standing in for Sumitra Naidu uh, this evening. Goodbye. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.